0: Hello, I'm Ellie Warden. Welcome to the Heart to Mind Transformation Station, sharing stories related to the importance of building legacies that lead to greater health and wealth within your family. Come on, get on board. Hello. We're actually inside a different location this time. We're at the Gulf Coast's biggest equestrian event, the 22nd Annual Gulf Coast Classics Horse Show in Gulfport, Mississippi. We caught up with one of the premier riders, Gianna Aycock, inside the stables. Take a listen. By the airing of this podcast, Gianna has won five open classes, two classics, and one welcome state. Congratulations, Gianna Aycock. I'm here today at the Harrison County Equestrian Center in Harrison County, Mississippi, having the wonderful, wonderful time of my life meeting with a fabulous woman that I just happened to meet. Actually, her horse was the one who introduced us. <laughs> I'm here with Gianna Acock, and she's going to tell us all about her fabulous life as an equestrian rider, and an equestrian competitor. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having us uh, come and visit with you today, Gianna. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Of course I have to ask the question, how did you get started in a business like this? Whew, (laughs) that is a
1: question. So when I was a kid, um, well I guess I have to start a little before that. So I am third born of six. I was born and raised in New Mexico in Santa Fe and my grandparents lived about an hour away near Albuquerque and I was always horse crazy so my grandfather had a couple horses and we would go visit them about once a week or once a month or so maybe I wish it was once a week (laughs) and uh, he'd tack up the horse and and I'd you know lead me around and ride it and I was just horse crazy from as long as I could remember and I begged my mom for riding lessons but we didn't have the money for riding lessons my dad was a state uh, police officer, and we just were very you know we just didn 't have the money for it and when I was eleven, I was fortunate enough to uh, through a friend of ours, meet a lady who had a barn, had a stable not very far from us, and she let me start working for riding lessons, so I would work three days a week for her for riding lessons and then I started working for her trainer as well so I worked five days a week for writing lessons and it kind of just evolved from there just working my way you know up the ranks and I became a working student at a show barn when I was 15 and this whole time I was homeschooling with my mom and um, so I went on the road with the show barn at 15 and 16 and um, lived in the dorm or you know when we were on the road lived in hotels and that kind of thing. And um, so it kind of just it, it just kind of evolved from there, working for different people, working at different places. And um, then I went out on my own, so to speak, when I was 22 maybe, and uh, started in a pasture and you know, f- slept on the floor eight ate ramen, used the same piece of floss five times, <laughs> uh, you know, so it was, it was scary, but it was, um, it was, you know, it was, it was good. And it was, I just always had a passion for it. I never, I think I was fortunate that I never wondered what I wanted to do. I, I always knew I just had to ride horses some, some way, somehow. So that's so, the
0: long story. That is, <laughs> but it's an interesting story because we think of a young girl out on the road were there other young women out on the road too or are you kind of a trailblazer in this you know there there are
1: in this in this industry there are a lot of you know young people that are working students or working their way up you know who don't come from family of means um and to what level you know we each take it to is our kind of our own journey I think it depends a lot on who you meet and how they nurture your dream. Um, hopefully they nurture your dream. Some people, you know, crush your dream. Um, so I was very fortunate that I kind of bumped into the right people. And um, and then also, I have to say that my, my mother really gave me a big gift of... She would always say, you know you want to be ready for when your chance comes. I think it's come from like an Abraham Lincoln quote, but um, you know, your attitude, you don't know who's watching you at any given time and your your work ethic and your ability to connect with people and to smile and to try to be the best part of yourself as much as you can, um, really helps other people want to lift you up on your journey because if you are dark and gloomy, then people want to avoid you. But if you can try to be, you know, the light and joy part of your soul, then you attract the right people. So my mom really was instrumental in giving me that gift.
0: When you talk about attracting people, it's interesting because in your industry, you're attracting horses. Yeah. <laughs> and when you took us on the tour, we saw so many different horses from many different countries. I'm sure they all have their own personality. Yes. So you're trying to navigate the personality of each horse as well. Is that correct? Yes, a hundred percent. So
1: it's kind of like if if you meet someone and they immediately start trying to change you, you resist that, and horses are the same. So it's really important to. Um, let the horse show you who they are and then try to help that horse be the best version of themselves and not try to make them into something they not they're not so we get some horses who really enjoy jumping the bigger jumps and we get some horses that really would rather jump the small jumps so so it and it's an interesting thing about jumping is when a horse lands off of the jump the way a horse is built is that when their front feet hit the ground it pushes air out of their lungs so the higher they jump you know the harder the air is pushed out of their lungs and so you can imagine some horses like really don't like that feeling and other horses really don't mind it or really kind of like like the like the feeling of feeling athletic and feeling strong and other horses are a little intimidated by it so some horses I mean and that's a, the small factor of course of what what it takes you know to figure out what the horses like or don't like about the jumping but it is, it is super
0: important to to let the horse tell you what, what they enjoy or what they don't enjoy. Do they enjoy traveling? Because, as you said, some of them come from foreign countries, from Belgium, from France, from places like that. And then others, you're traveling and touring all over the country. They're in trailers. They're in foreign spots. Yeah.
1: How do they adjust? That's a really good question. I think some some horses are kind of like people. are. They're really... They really roll with the punches and they really like excitement and they like seeing new things and other horses like people like kind of... So yeah, some of, some of the horses are kind of stress mongers where they can't, things things kind of hit them harder and deeper and um, that's part of the selection process really of what horses can be competitive and what horses can't is the horses that, that can handle the stress and can handle the road. And what's interesting is you do start seeing that pretty early on. Like Sea Monster, for example, he is so much better when he travels. When he travels, he is interested and he perks up and he really loves going places and seeing stuff and and the stimulus really stimulates him to be better so if he stays at home he gets a little depressed and he gets grumpy and he just isn't really interested in working and when you take him places he lights up and he's happy and he just loves to be athletic and so you look for horses like that who who are better when they get on the road because they love you know how interesting it is and then the horses who um Sort of like to stay at home, and they get easily intimidated. Uh, they're better suited to be sold to people who are the same, who want to stay home, or you know, they have busy lives, they have families, and they don't have time to travel. So matching the horses and the people is fun and interesting because you know there's a horse for everybody, and there's a person for every horse. So you just have to find you have to find who is who. At
0: what age do you start with a horse? Do you start when they're ponies? So we breed two or three babies a year,
1: and so what we do with them starts immediately after they're born. Just making sure that they are used to people, and they're used to being touched, and they're used to being um, handled. So they are, are not intimidated by humans, and they enjoy the interaction, so that starts right after they're born. We try not to get in the way of the mom and baby bond but then on the other hand we try to make sure that we are a part of their life from the very beginning and um, that goes all the way through as Their weanlings and yearlings two-year-olds three-year-olds. So when we start riding them It's probably around when they're three and it's it's all Done very slowly. It's not like in the movies where they like throw the saddle on and jump on and buck them out. <laughs> so it's, for us, it's very slow. So when they're, when they're, when they're young, we might put a saddle on them one day and then take it off and then put it on, take it off. You know, for weeks at a time. And so it's all done very gradually. So by the time we're riding them when they're four, it just feels like another day to them. So all the, all the time between when they're born and when they're four and go to their first horse show is just very slow like every it just is very natural and
0: and just one little tiny piece at a time when you were talking about the horses coming from different countries and we know people are speaking different languages do horses understand different languages or are they responding to tone that's a, that's a really good question so horses language
1: is body language in horsemanship it's kind of like the way people build cars. Like, it's all very similar, like the gas pedal on the right and the clutch on the left and, you know, the brake in the middle. It's all... the body language part of it is is all pretty similar. So the language of horsemanship universally is pretty similar. And the reason that is is because horsemanship itself is determined by the horse's instinct and horse's behavior. So, like, let's say you want a horse to... Um, turn around then you step in front of their where their head is if you want them to go forward then you would step behind Where their tail is those things are kind of more universal where they don't really take a language So body language itself is a language Body language would be more of a universal thing as opposed to French or German or there are things that are going to be the same no matter what now there is, it is interesting in America when you want a horse to woe, they say whoa, you know, when you want them to stop. But in Germany, when they want them to stop or slow down, they go brr.
0: <laughs> so maybe we should start using that with our kids. That, <laughs> <laughs> so it's because I swear they don't understand when you say stop, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. You say it in German. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be
1: maybe a little bit of a like that would be an example of a different like language thing. Um, but really for horses they really care less about the words you say and more about your body. So which which makes it which makes it easier for the horses to, to transition across the world and with different people because if you are with different horsemen in different parts of the world, you'll find that the horsemen are very similar in the way they act and, and the and in their tone, not necessarily, you know, the, the the language they're speaking, but in how they say the words, the way they sound, the way they stand, the way they look, the way they hold their energy. Um so so you know, a little a little bit of it is gonna be language uh, Uh, as far as like language as we know it but the vast majority is body language.
0: During the year how many competitions do you participate in and in what parts of the country or world?
1: We are somewhere competing in general about two weeks out of every month. You could say you know about half the year we're competing. Now sometimes it's in a row like here we're here for six weeks and then other times we'll be at home for four weeks and then on the road for three or on at home for two and then on the road for four you know so it just kind of depends on the schedule
0: exactly but that must be quite a daunting schedule how do you handle your family life so that you have a balance between family life and your work
1: well so my husband and I do this together um, and we don't have any kids (laughs) so that makes it easier you know I'm I've never been a homebody kind of person Whereas my sister loves to be home and she loves to cook and she loves, you know, to, to do her daily schedule. I don't care. Like, if I'm on a horse, that is home. So I, I think it's maybe you have to have the right personality for it and, and definitely the right, um, well, I shouldn't say the right, but, that you you know, if your goals are to ride and to show and compete and you feel at home on a horse, then... Then it's going to be different than somebody who you know likes to sleep in their own bed and likes to have you know Their alarm clock in the same place and you know that that then you know This is a little bit of a traveling circus kind of life So, you know if you're sort of a free spirit and you love to travel this is the life for you But if you're a homebody, it's definitely not the life for you, but the industry itself has a lot of um, different uh, facets where if you are a homebody like my assistant trainer she stays at home for the majority of the time that she will do local shows like one day shows or two day shows that are close to home and she loves that so she is not on the road like us so you know there's just different levels at which you can pursue the sport and different horse shows you can do close to home or far from home.
0: What would you say is one of the greatest benefits of competing? Personal
1: development and character <laughs> absolutely you know, life life is difficult, and the challenges in life, you know, on a personal level or on a, a professional level, emotional level, you know, it really requires a lot of balance in your spirit and some stick to itness, and you know, all the things of of strong character. And I, and I think that competing magnifies that. And horses, in general, require the humans around them to find. A balance you know they really want the people around them to be level like if you're too aggressive they want you to be calmer if you're too wimpy they want you to toughen up you know if you um, are too jumpy they want you to kind of even out if if you're too lazy they want you to step it up you know so horses in general really seek balance and they want the people around them to be in balance and if you're out of balance they'll show you and you'll see it in your results you'll see it in the way they act around you Um, and someone who they you know people would say is naturally talented really is generally someone who has superb control of their emotions and are good leaders and are um, thoughtful in their actions and uh, and in their reactions. So I think in general dealing with horses is just good for the soul because it they're a mirror. You know horses are probably as close to psychic as anything I've found in the world so they they really show you who you are and what you're putting out which sometimes you don't want to see <laughs> well. and sometimes you know it's good to see.
0: Well I think that the horse that you were on the day that I met you knew that I was curious and that horse was equally as curious because <laughs> he trotted right up to my phone and yeah. put his, his face right in my phone yeah, yeah that was an interesting encounter that I've never had with with a horse but do you see yourself as the kind of woman who is actually going to become an, an example for other young women will other young women see you and want to emulate this and want to get into this sport I would hope that
1: I would be a good example of what someone could could want to be or follow, um, but I, I guess I, I guess I don't haven't really thought about it exactly like that. To to me, I feel like I am extremely grateful for what I have and for my life and the people that are in my life, and I like most people have experienced times in my life where you know. I'm really lonely or really sad or depressed or, or lost on my way a little bit and to be where I am now with the people that I have around me now, I'm so grateful for that and I just want to be the best I can be for the people that I love, for myself, for the horses and I enjoy being happy and I enjoy being grateful and I enjoy being around people who also reflect that and i think that in our world in our society there's so much dark and there's so much anger and bitterness and everything that you want to project what you want to receive i think that's more so what i hope is that if i project what i want in my life more of it comes if i can be the best i can be to whatever extent on any given day then hopefully that you know will come back
0: I think that it is because you mentioned that you own several horses that are here uh, within the competition group. Now will you actually ride each one of the horses that are here that you own?
1: Uh huh. Yeah, Yep. Yep. So I'm competing all of them. A couple of them are at the, the Grand Prix level at the horse show. And then one is Sneaks, the, the mare that, that you met, uh, first she's moving up. Um, the levels and then of course the young horse sea monster he is only four well he'll be five this year so he is just doing the baby levels so kind of a little bit of everything.
0: I know this may sound funny but do they all get along with each other?
1: No (laughs) no no they're they're just like people like that you'll see you know they all have their own personalities and and some of them are very laid back and others are very high strung and some of them get along with everybody and some of them kind of hate everybody so you know they're definitely very different and a lot of it has to do with their breeding you know different bloodlines sort of tend to throw different trends so you'll have horses that are historically through their family lines very aggressive or very sweet it kind of helps us decide too when we're choosing horses for people, for clients, for a certain job. Different bloodlines are going to be better suited for better, better environments and better people.
0: If you had one thing to say to a young person who wanted to get into this industry, what would be your advice?
1: I would say that first study up on where you want to go because the more you can learn about what your options are, the more strategically you can plot your course. You know, what do they say, a a ship with no course will surely end up on the rocks or something like that? You know, do your homework and look at different aspects of the sport and, you know, really think about what it is that that you're good at, that you like to do, you know, are you really good with people? Do you want to be on that side of the business? Are you really good with the horses? Are you, you know, are you really interested in competing? Can you really withstand the pressure, because there's a lot of pressure to compete? And then attitude, you know, really understanding that people are watching you even when you may not think they are. And how you handle adversity and how you handle the bad days matters more because anyone can be happy in the good times. But it's how you, it's how you handle yourself when things are not great that will make people choose you, you know, pull you sort of out of obscurity and help you with your dreams. And then, you know, don't quit. The truth of it is, is that it's a difficult industry in a lot of ways. And you just got to be really tough. You got to be really tough. I guess in life in general, too. If you really, really want something, you got to just pick yourself up and just keep going, even when things seem difficult or impossible
0: or when people tell you that you can't, just don't quit. This is a sport like any other sport, which means that you're an athlete, What type of training regimen do you go through for your body so that you're able to be the best you can be when you're on top of a horse?
1: That is a good question. And my mom had told me years ago, she says, when you're an athlete, you have to eat like an athlete and drink like an athlete and talk like an athlete and sleep like an athlete and all. And I really sort of took that advice to heart. And I think it's easy to think that because you're sitting on a horse... That you're not doing anything, and, and if any, if you've watched the sport at a high level, it's you know it's intense, it's very intense, and of course falling off is very intense <laughs> as well. And the more in shape you are, the less you get hurt when when things happen. You know, if if something if something does go awry. So for me, I think the most valuable thing for me really is as funny as this sounds is is stretching and um, is making sure that I can stay loose and limber. I don't work out as in go to the gym, but I do, because of what I do in the business, I ride so many horses a day. And when I'm at home, I um, am always walking, you know, turning horses in and out, moving jumps. You know, moving jumps is a lot of heavy lifting and stuff. So, you know, it is sort of like a workout in and of itself and riding constantly. But outside of riding, I think definitely stretching is very, very important to me. I, I don't really do yoga or Pilates exactly, but I do like a lot of that sort of thing throughout my day and in the morning and in the evening. Uh, and then, of course, just trying to, as far as nutrition goes, always be aware because we're on the road. I don't really have like t- a lot of time to to make certain things or whatever, but I try to be aware of what it is I'm eating and drinking. And luckily in my whole life I have never liked the way alcohol tasted. So I've never like I don't so I've never really wanted to, to, to drink at all, which has actually been super beneficial for me athletically that I just haven't had to, to, to worry about that at all and I've tried to drink a lot of water so I mean as far as athletically goes, I try to just incorporate being athletic into my daily life.
0: Well, this has been so interesting. From the moment I saw you and your horse approached me, uh, I think we clicked. Absolutely. We really did click. And I was so excited when you were out jumping and you, I think you took second place that day. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And you yeah. called me your good luck charm. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt so good about that. You really have no idea how impressed I was with you. You could see it because I brought my whole family to <laughs> yeah, see you yeah, to yeah. visit and everybody wanted. What kind of reaction do you get? from children when they see you?
1: Oh, uh, you know, well, the horses definitely help, you know, because... <laughs> I
0: like having a puppy, huh? <laughs> That's
1: right, that's right. When I walk around without horses, it doesn't really make a difference. But I, I think especially at horse shows like this where the, the, the public come to watch, it, it's really fun to see the kids' reaction and to see how happy they are to meet the horses, but then also intimidated because the horses are so big. Uh, but I, I do try to take a minute here and there when I can to let the kids pet the horses or, you know, you know, interact with them and and talk about the horses because I think it's good not only for the industry but just for, uh, you know, who we are as people and humanity in general to remember that we are all, you know, at the end of the day we're all the same. We've all come from the same place, you know, we're all flesh and blood and we all have hopes and dreams and the, the better we help each other live each day and the happier we all are together the better it is for everybody and again not only just for the for the industry for the horse industry but just you know for our for our communities and our and our country because it's we're at a time that we you know we we need to lift each other up because life is hard enough
0: and horses do lift us up I think whenever anyone sees a horse or gets a chance to pet a horse they automatically smile and almost get giddy even adults get giddy (laughs) by being around horses. What is it about horses? Do they have like some special aura or something that makes us happy? I think they do. I think it's I think it's really special how horses
1: are so big uh, and they're so intimidating but yet at the same time they are still so interested in us and so so gentle in their spirit and I know there's probably other types of animals around the world that are like that but I think in, in in our country horses are the most accessible of of the big gentle animals but when when a horse like graces you with their attention it does make you feel really special so I I I feel the same way still even though I do it every day (laughs) and how many hours a day do you work (laughs) we try not to count (laughs) um you know we, we say it's not a job it's a lifestyle it really depends on on the day on a horse show day we might be here at the stables at 5:30 or 6 a.m. and then not be back at the camper until 8 p.m. So I mean but then there's other days where like today is a little bit more laid back and because it is my business it's not like there's anyone telling me you know I, what I have to do or how many hours I have to do it but the horses themselves sort of dictate what it is that they need. We may have horses that are a little unsure of the surroundings or just aren't feeling really um, comfortable so we might make sure we get them out two or three or even four times during the day which of course takes more time so yeah I mean it, it's just we always, we always tell everybody that we normally only work half days 12 hours
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it Giada we work we work part-time but it's 12 hours worth half day half, half day, day every day every day you are an amazing woman I'm excited to be able to just be in your presence. I want you to know that. Oh. <laughs> this is something Same that I've, I've never, ever interviewed anyone, and I've interviewed a lot of people in my lifetime. But there was just something that drew me to you, and I wanted to make sure that in some kind of way I could capture your story and share it with others. Is there a final word you'd like to leave for our listening audience? Pursue your dreams as
1: much as you can. Life, I think life happens faster than you think. Whatever it is that sets your soul
0: on fire, pursue it with all your heart as much as you can thank you gianna that was wonderful excellent words of advice and you are so right that your personality mixes in with with your empathy with your love for nature your love of other animals and again This has just been an absolutely wonderful experience. I know our listeners are going to really enjoy listening to this interview. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to meet you and and have
0: you here. I really appreciate you. And we will be out here cheering you on. Do we have to be quiet? (laughs) No, don't be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) No golf clapping. You can cheer loud. (laughs) Well, we will be here cheering you on. Oh, good, good. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been the Heart to Mind Transformation Station. I hope you enjoyed today's program. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Tune in again next week.